Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it is football time in the 2021 season, and the game is underway. Bridgewater keeps it. Bridgewater looks to throw. Does so. And he's got a Denver touchdown to Tim Patrick. You know, we can really get rolling. It was good today to just see guys come out flying around, spacing up in the passing game properly, guys going up, making plays, big third downs by different guys. Um, So it was just great, man, as a whole, uh, to actually come out here with a victory. Four-man pressure. Jones drops in trouble, and he's going to be hit and sacked. And that's Von Miller with his first sack of the season. Von Miller beat Nate Solder off the edge. Jones looked left, and by the time he wanted to come back and look right, number 58 had him. He, he did an incredible job. You know, he's 10 times better than me. Well, he's about eight times better than me. You know, but he did an incredible job. Um, you know, he, he was poised back there. You know, he got out of some big time sacks. You know, early in the game, and he converted. You know, off of those scrambles, man. And you know, just a great day from Teddy. Play fake. Bridgewater in trouble. Stiff arms away. Ball is caught. And inside the five-yard line is Oak Waybunam and into the end zone with a Denver touchdown. You know, and that's the Teddy Bridgewater that we've seen in the NFL when he's when he's played. And uh, it's nice to see him in a Broncos uniform right now. We're happy to have him. Bridgewater turns, hands to Gordon. Gordon off the right side in a big hole. 40, 45. Here we go, midfield. Gordon, 45, 40. Pull it away. 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Denver! 70 yards for Melvin Gordon. That losing stuff is dead. It's boring. It's not fun. It's not the way we play football. And you see it out there today. Everybody did it. What they have to do to make sure we got this dub today. I think we can get used to these Victory Mondays, huh, Broncos country? Just like you're used to after so many season openers. Brandon Cristal with you 9 to noon today. Going to hang out and talk a lot of Broncos. And when I say you're used to it, the Broncos are the winningest team in the history of the NFL in week one games. In fact, their 645 mark is is, uh, noticeably uh, atop the list. They're eight and two in their last ten, right? They always win. It seems like their home opener at Empower Field at Mile High, save for last year with that weird ending against the Titans Monday night, and then of course against the Raiders two years ago. But doesn't matter whether the coach is John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Vance Joseph, and Dalvik Fangio. The Broncos, all they do is win their opener, 27-13 yesterday, and. As I said a few times in the updates this morning, if you were listening to me on Colorado's Morning News, they the score wasn't as close as that 13 points made it. That probably affected a few people's fantasy football scores because you get points for 0-10 to 10 if you can hold it, uh, uh, an uh, opposing team. They say offense, but I don't know if they end up factoring in all the points. Like if you give up a punt return or a pick six, if that counts against the defense or not. Regardless, all 13 points were against the defense. That being said, a dominant performance by the defense, a very solid performance by the offense. So not only am I here with you till noon, I got my man, 
Are you still Millennial Grant? Are you just going to be Grant? Grant Smith? Are you going to call what? me whatever you want, BK? Well, I don't call you whatever <laughs> I want, but we'll just go with Grant's rolling along with me as yeah. well. And I did have the Broncos defense on my fantasy team, and it may have cost me that late touchdown. I was uh, about five or six points from winning the matchup, so that might have cost me the win. Yeah. But I'll take a real Broncos win over my fantasy win any day. I think uh, I think most people listening to us will. And if you want to get involved and talk about this game, you can give us a call 303-713-8585. You can also text us 56690. I do have the Centura Health text line up, so you can give us uh, your thoughts there. But just a, a really dominant performance all the way around. Dominant by the defense and solid by the offense. You talk about points being left out there, and you know I talked with – April and Marty, if you've been up and listening to us all day, I talked to him just before 6 a.m. And you got to think as Alberto fumbled there inside the, really inside the five, right? Uh, but inside the 10, some sort of points you were going to come away with. Easily a McManus field goal. And the way Riverboat, Riverboat Vic, just going for it on fourth down all over the place. The way Vic was being overly aggressive or certainly, certainly taking chances that, as he told Dave post game and talked about in his post game press conference, it uh, it worked. It paid off, even if his coaches weren't necessarily agreeing with him. Uh, we are going to talk to Nick Griffin from Fox Thirty One. Their sports director is going to join us in about twenty minutes or so, twenty twenty five minutes. He's still on the East Coast. I assume he's in Jersey. I imagine he's flying out of Newark, so he's at the airport. He's going to join us before getting on his plane. Adam Amin, who called the game on TV, and I know plenty of you, as much as you love listening. To Dave and Rick on the radio, you may have just watched the TV and not turned the radio up to match it. We'll, we'll give you a pass this week. Next week against Jacksonville, maybe not so much. So Adam Amin, who called the game on Fox 31 on Fox Television, uh, he's going he's gonna to be on with us as well. This is good news, too. Do we have a breaking news sounder? It's kind of half-breaking news, Grant, but if you've got a breaking news sounder, we might as well use it. I have one on my Colorado Morning News button bar, but I don't have one on my Logan and Lewis button bar. I'll change the button bar so we can get it. <laughs> you want it? Yeah, it's kind of a build-up, but... The you see how fast I'm moving here? Now I can't even find it. Everyone is sitting on the edge of their seat as they're driving in their car. Again, 56690 is the KOA Centura Health text line, so you can text us. And this breaking news is... Kind of related to health. In fact, it, it's 100% related to health. You can play it after. <laughs> KOA News Radio. Breaking news. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Jerry Judy on Instagram just moments ago posted, I'll be back soon. Chan- uh, channeling a bit of Arnold Schwarzenegger. If it was just, I'll be back. That's usually when a guy's going to be done for the year, right? Uh, don't worry, I'll be back. He's not done for the year. The real question now is a logistics question of will Jerry Judy go to IR? IR is a three-week visit now instead of six weeks like it used to be. They changed the rules last year because of COVID, and they, they've pretty much kept all the COVID rules. They kept the practice squad at 16, and they kept the IR flexibility instead of a full six weeks on there. It's three weeks, and it's guys can kind of go up and down. There's not the limit that there used to be. It used to be... No guys could come off IR, then it was one, then it was two. Now I think it, it was unlimited. And the, the basically it allows the teams, not necessarily to stash guys, but to keep their guys. And that's, I think, 
the entire league feels is fair, right? You shouldn't have to lose a guy because they're hurt and you put them on IR or or lose one of your practice squad guys when you could easily slide a guy to IR or back. But Jerry Judy led the team yesterday in catches, seven seven grabs, sixty or six grabs, seventy two yards. Noah Fan also six catches, sixty two yards. We know about Albert O's touchdown. Tim Patrick four catches, thirty nine yards. KJ Hamler three for forty one. How about Melvin Gordon on the ground? You heard that call if you're listening off the top. A 70-yarder. Was he going to get caught? It was a heck of an effort by the Giants DB. I think it was Bradbury. But Melvin Gordon, who I have on a couple fantasy teams, played him in one league, didn't play him in another. I thought he was going to get more carries, though. I was surprised Javante Williams had more carries. Were you, Grant? Surprised that surprised Williams had a couple more carries than Gordon? 14 yeah. to 11? Yeah, I was surprised because I still think Melvin Gordon's your number one guy. And he showed that yesterday. But I was impressed by Williams, too. I mean, he runs hard. He is hard to get down. I know he had that big run earlier in the game where he broke a couple tackles, but Melvin Gordon's just explosive, and he showed it on that big touchdown run. Now, look, Gordon, they threw the ball to him three times. The one pass to Javante, he lost four yards. Let's uh, let's jump on the phones, though. 303-713-81... Or, sorry, that's our hotline. 303 713 8585, that is the phone number. Keep texting us, 56690 on the KOA Centura Health text line. But let's talk to Brent in Broomfield. Brent, you want to talk about the Broncos before uh, we get into some of the details of what's going on here at the station? Um, Well, I know there's a lot of people that are probably going to ask questions about the game. I guess my thoughts were, man, I mean, I'm really sorry that Teddy Bridgewater had had such a tremendous injury and all the rough times he's had in the NFL, but because if he, but I'll tell you, if he hadn't had those issues, he never would have been a Denver Bronco. So, I mean, at least for the Broncos, I think that is a ray of hope. And I haven't seen exciting quarterback play like that from this team. And I don't know how long. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And so, it's interesting. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I was on with big Al or, or maybe when I was solo, but, and it may have been a little bit of orange and orange and blue Kool-Aid, if you will, Teddy Bridgewater, while he wasn't dynamic, was definitely trending up before his knee exploded, right? He'd gone two years in a row with a winning record as a first-year player, rookie and a second-year player, was go- went to the Pro Bowl, and then his knee explodes at the end of that training camp in his third year. And he's had a long road back. He had those five starts in New Orleans where he would have been on pace for almost 30 touchdowns. So maybe he that's more who he is, the guy that isn't going to hurt you with interceptions. Two touchdowns a game right now gets him to 34. Right, I think everybody listening will take 34 touchdowns, and he's got plenty of talent. So I, I think you, you might be right. Just to have – is it dynamic quarterback play? Is he a five-touchdown-a-game guy? Probably not. But you'll take competent, consistent quarterback play. I think that's something Broncos fans have just been clamoring for really since Peyton Manning retired. Yep. And so I guess the reason I called, um, you know, I tuned in to Ross Kaminsky – in the mornings and they had a big announcement today that he's going they're going back to the old Mike Rosen format with political commentary for nine to noon next week. And I'm just curious if you can elaborate at all on kind of the backstory of um the powers that be and what's going on with Lewis and Logan and how we're where we're going this way. All right. Well Brent kind of uh I don't say jump the gun, but I'm holding the I'm holding the release right here. So Grant, now that you got it handy. KOA News Radio Breaking news. Brent hit it spot on. So he was listening to Ross. I'm sure as he bounces back and forth between 
Colorado this morning news, the award-winning news program that I'm happy to be a, a part of. Starting Monday, we've got a new lineup here on KOA. As Ross Kaminsky announced on his show on 630 How he'll be heard in this time slot beginning next week, 9 to noon, right after Colorado's morning news. He'll cover the top stories of the day, talk about the things that you care about, and he can't ignore the Broncos, I wouldn't think, especially as well as the Broncos played. And if they if they keep this up here, you're, you're going to have to mix in a little bit of Broncos talk. And then, of course, you've still got Mandy, Noon to three, nothing changes there. Right at three after Mandy, the return of the KOA Sports Zoo. It'll be a cast of thousands, but it'll be led by Dave Logan and Big Al. They'll bring you everything Broncos related. Plenty of laughs for your drive home. You'll hear from Rick Lewis still. Uh, and you can, of course, catch Rick on the mornings on the Fox, on the Rick Lewis Morning Show, Kathy Lee as well. JoJo will be a part of the show every day as well. I am under the impression, if if my info was correct, so... Uh, it'll be a, a big mix where it really does sound like like a sport zoo, and uh, with Dave with Dave in the driver's seat and Big Al right there riding the shotgun with them, and and again JoJo and Rick mixed in at six, an earlier start for Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright will get you going at six. Obviously, when there's Rockies games, they'll come on after the Rockies games, just like they have been already. And if you're looking for Michael Brown, well, Brownie is moving to the mornings. On our sister station, 630K How, in place of Ross Kaminsky. I'm sure Brownie will fill those shoes more than admirably and get you started over there on 630K How. So it all starts Monday right here on KOA, 8.50 a.m., 94.1 FM, and, of course, on the free iHeartRadio app. So, Grant, I'm sure people are going to miss Dave and Rick and Kathy in this time slot. You've been a part of the show since they moved, if my math is right. Yeah, ever since you left, Logan and Lewis, I, would, I, yeah. I overtook your role of uh, producing that show, and I'm sad to not be working with them anymore, but I think this new lineup should be a lot of fun, and I think our listeners will like it. Yeah, and and uh, I imagine we'll still see you mixed in with those guys in the afternoon, and so that'll be fun uh, to hear them in the sports zoo. I guess they'll call you Millennial Grant when you're, when you're around them. I'm just going to call you Grant. Uh, <laughs> but so exciting changes. Yeah, Ross Kaminsky coming over here. Dave joining the afternoon party, and it really is going to be a, a KOA sports zoo. And and then, uh, of course, Broncos country tonight, 6, six o'clock, the new start time. So and I'm sure we'll get to hear from you plenty on the sports zoo and Broncos country tonight going forward, too. You would think, but I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to assume anything. <laughs> Fair I don't enough. ever want to assume anything. Yeah, you uh, can't do that in this business, that's no, for sure. No, uh, you know, I'm just going to show up, do what I'm supposed to do. And uh, or do what I'm asked, and the the rest will take care of itself. You know, so we've got three TVs in here, and we've got ESPN, ESPN two, and NFL Network on. Hopefully, nothing real newsworthy breaks, <laughs> uh, because I'll have to rely on the newsroom <laughs> to fill me in. But as we're going to continue to go th- through the Broncos and their game, just a quick thought about the NFL, or more of a question. I was able to watch all of the early games, and then focus on the Broncos game and. and kind of glance at what was going on in the late games. What was more, I guess surprising is not the right word, but what result was more unexpected to you? The Packers getting their teeth kicked in by the Jags, or by the Saints at the Jags Stadium in Jacksonville, and there's a funny story with that, or the Steelers going into Buffalo and beating the Bills? Well, honestly, I mean, I was shocked by the Packers getting blown out and in Florida playing the Saints, but 
I was watching the beginning of that Steelers game, and Ben didn't look good at all. And I thought the Bills were just going to blow them away, and the Steelers stayed close and were able to pull out a win. I was shocked by that, especially in Buffalo for the home opener, all the uh, expectations for the Bills team this year. I could not believe that Pittsburgh went in and won that game, especially with not even playing very well. Yeah, the the block punt certainly helped. But Yeah, that was big time. I'd, I'd be nervous if I were the Bills, and as I mentioned to you, uh, so I, I bet three MVP bets on, on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you haven't used DraftKings Sportsbook, you can use promo code BK. You'll get a free $200 if, if you haven't uh, signed up yet. I, I put a $100 bet on Matt Stafford, and I'm feeling okay about that bet. He didn't have the best day, but he looked really good. The, you can tell that that offense is going to be rolling with him and McVay at the helm. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. They've got that play action down. And they'll just it'll just get more and more dialed in with those weapons, and and you know how the Rams are they don't rest on their laurels. By, by the way, we didn't see even see Sony Michelle who they just traded for, um, which affected one of my bets. But anyway, uh, just one of my daily bets, not the not the MVP bet. Uh, and then I put fifty on Josh. I just kind of wanted to spread it around a little because the odds are kind of good. You'll end up just breaking even. I was like, do I put fifty on Mahomes, fifty on Rogers? I'm like, let me just put fifty on Josh Allen because. I think MVP voters like a story as much as anything. So, like, the Josh Allen trajectory, Stafford in a new place. Like, I like those. And then the other one, my buddy Timmy and I, who we split a lot of a lot of tickets on our DraftKings bets because he's in California, so he can't bet legally like we can in Colorado. So he and I split a lot of stuff. We split just 20 on Brady, and that was before the game, obviously, Thursday. So felt <laughs> felt pretty good about that. Um, and then check out this bet. Before we, before we go to break, we're going to talk to Nick Griffith on the other side. There was a prop bet on DraftKings Sportsbook. Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb combined sacks for the year, 19 and a half. Oh, you take it? Yeah, I put 100 on that. It pays, it's plus 160. So it'll pay 160 bucks profit. I like your odds on that. And you've already got two from Vaughn in week one. Right. That's basically a half a sack a game from each of them. It's a sack a game from each of them. And I know. you had a stat a couple weeks ago. It was a, it was on a TV broadcast too, where when they're playing together, they are almost unstoppable. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I think they have in their. Well, they only played four games together, right? But in the four games together, they averaged the team averaged like five five. I gotta go find it, but it's it's noticeable. I think it's I think it's when both either of them play. That's what it is. Well, just one of them on the field. They've only played four games together. Uh, and actually, that that's the anomaly. <laughs> because remember, the start to the Vic Fangio era, I think we went three games without a sack or a takeaway. And then Bradley went down in week four against against Jacksonville. And the rest of it is kind of history. Let's take a, a quick timeout, though, Grant. And then we will welcome Nick Griffith in. We're going to get some news with Chuck Clark. Uh, and we'll find that number of just how effective the Broncos are. I mean, Vaughn basically averages a sack a game, so his entire career. And this side of Chandler Jones is probably the best average in in the history of football. So we will uh, step aside quickly and then head out to New York and talk to Nick Griffin from Fox 31, taking all the way until noon. Hoping to sneak in one Broncos player, too. Uh, but Adam Means going to join us in a little bit as well. Don't go anywhere. I'm Brandon Cristal, and this is KOA.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Jones in the gun, four-man rush. Here's the sack, the second of the game, and that is Vaughn Miller. Miller's second of the game. He waddles on his knees about 10 yards away from the sack. Good to see Vaughn up and running. Oh, I felt great. You know, um, not just the game, but the whole process leading up to the game. Riding on the plane with you guys, preparing this week with the guys, you know, the bus ride over. You know, just being in the locker room, being involved, being a part, back a part of the team is, is super dope, man. It's, um, you know, it's good to get sacks, but it's good to get wins as well. You know, and I got both today, so it's a good day. You know, this was a kind of the unofficial anthem of Super Bowl 50 team because Lowrider played their after party. And Von Miller didn't have a chance to make the Meadowlands his house at Super Bowl 48 because he had torn his ACL. But yesterday, he certainly felt right at home. Let's head back out to, I don't call it the great state of New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, where I assume Nick Griffin from Fox 31 is at Newark, but I guess he could be at LaGuardia or, or JFK or flying private out of Teterboro. But am I right? Are you are you at Newark, Nick? I'm taking a shuttle bus back from uh, from Jersey. Yeah, no, I'm in Newark uh, having a celebratory IPA with a chicken salad sandwich as we speak. BK, how are you, buddy? And that doesn't sound as uh, unreasonable because it's almost noon there. All right, right before he gets on the plane, it's lunch. Right, thank lunchtime. You. Thank you for clarifying. Lunchtime. Yeah, lunch. He's not. It is, lunch. it is lunchtime. We know how time zones work, but look, Nick is in Jersey. By the time he lands, it'll be well into the middle of the afternoon. And he's have lunch before he gets on the plane. Nick's on Twitter at Nick Griffith TV, and of course, you see him all over the place on Fox 31. He does the show with Big Fangio uh, as well as a sports director over there. So you were there in the stadium, I guess. But before we even get to the game, could you feel? a different vibe by being in New York on 9-11, as I I may mention a little later. I talked about it some yesterday in the pregame. I lived in New York on 9-11, so it's a whole different story. But being there, you fly in on September 11th. I know you guys were doing your shots where I I think the city was in the background from Jersey City, and then being at MetLife the day after where they're obviously honoring so many people that have close associations uh, from family members that that were a a part of, of what happened on September 11th. Could you feel that? Yeah, yeah, you certainly could. And, and uh, I actually flew in ahead of my uh, Dave Aldhouse, my photojournalist. He came in on the 11th. I actually came in on the 10th, and I uh, spent a night over in uh, Manhattan, uh, a couple blocks away from kind of the Empire State Building. But I did get down uh, to where the towers once stood. Uh, and, it, it, you know, the feeling was, you know, it's 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 not like you're, quote-unquote, celebrating, but, you know, you, you are certainly 
celebrating our first responders and, and you're, you're celebrating and you're, you're remembering and it's, a, it's a remembrance, but it's also a really melancholy mood. It's also, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it's hard to put my finger and describe exactly what that feeling and mood was, but it was, it was good to be a part of it. You could sense it no matter where you walked, uh, you know, around Manhattan. Uh, you just certainly felt that a lot of people's minds were obviously uh, on that date some 20 years ago. So um, it was, you know, it was a emotional, it was touching. It was more of a remembrance, certainly, than, you know, than it felt like any sort of, you know, you're obviously, again, you know, it's just a, 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 a certainly weird sort of time to be there. And then you turn the, you flip the page, you go over to New Jersey, and it just felt like, all right, now it's it's football time. And it was uh, certainly a special, uh, special start of the season for the Denver Broncos. So I kind of got a wide range of emotions fulfilled this weekend, BK. Well, and real quick, because we are going to get dialed in on the game, I know you got to get on your plane in just a few minutes, but I am curious, being down there by Freedom Tower and where the 9-11 Museum is, and, and obviously the the memorial with the, the footprints of, of the, the two towers where they once stood in the, in the fountains there, that can be pretty crowded when the weather's nice on any given weekend. And my sister got married right there. The we stayed at the hotel right next door, and it was like right, right. Uh, I guess you, December seventeenth, and it was. I remember it being enormously crowded then. You know, a random December a few years ago. So I got to think it was. I don't call it a madhouse, but did it feel extra crowded down there than it normally might? Yeah, and it would, certainly was. Um, I've been there once before, several years back, and it was obviously more crowded. Um, I was there the night before. So I, I didn't experience it on 9-11. We were in Jersey by then, kind of, you know, getting set for the game. But it, you could still, I mean, there was satellite trucks everywhere. Um, you know, certainly media from across the globe was there. So it was, uh, you know, it was, right, you know, rightfully so. I, it was a, a big big deal, you know, as, as it should be. And, um, yeah, I, you know, it was just, like I said, a wide range of emotions to kind of kick it off with that and then, head over uh, to Jersey and, and get some football in. Well, and, and plenty of football, uh, well, you know, well-played football by the Denver Broncos. We have been playing, obviously, reaction post-game, whether it's Vic and, and Teddy talking to Dave here or stuff from the locker room from Vaughn and Tim Patrick and, and the rest of those guys. What was the, the vibe you got, though? Because uh, I saw a video of players coming off the field pretty fired up, so I want to Shelby yeah. shouting profanities <laughs> in, in everyone's general direction, not at anyone specifically. But uh, between that and his tweet about the bandwagon, it, it felt like there was plenty of emotion surrounding this win. Yeah, relief. Um, these guys have been working really hard for this, obviously. and You could sense that, you know, it was uh, time to deliver, which they did. Yeah, I was right in the tunnel as Shelby came out. And he looked at all the media and he said, uh, it's just one bleeping win. It's just one bleeping win. But it was that. And it was a big win for this team when you consider the kind of starts they've gotten off to the last half a decade or so. So, um, you know, it was a big win. But you sense, you know, you, you get a feeling with this football team that they're just complete. You know, they're it, I don't. I don't want to say it was a. Everyone's you know kind of jumping on this. It was a great game, and the Broncos played so. Look, there was times in the early in the first half. It was they were down seven to three, and I was like, ah, this feels similar. It feels boring, but it did feel different in that you still felt like the Broncos were by and large the better team the entire game, and the cream of the crop always rises, and you just kept waiting for that to happen. I feel like this team's going to stick to their guns. They found themselves. They have kind of found their identity. And we're only one game in, but. That's kind of what they preached all preseason was finding themselves. And I think they've, they've done that. They've established who they are. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, look, I, I, I was on the Drew Locke bandwagon early in camp, and I, I kind of slowly started to shift over. 
And I got away from the thought that he doesn't have the kind of arm that can stretch defenses. Yes, I do still have concerns about that. But his ability to, we saw it, what, three or four different times in that game, escape the pocket, stiff arm would-be tacklers, and, you know, get to the sideline and let plays develop. And then a fine line, smartly develop, uh, deliver the football where it needs to be delivered um, instead of, you know, making really bad decisions. Uh, certainly as we've seen in some years past. I, you know, really impressed by Teddy Bridgewater. And I've really been impressed by his leadership throughout. And that's uh, really shining more and more as we uh, kind of break into this season. Nick Griffith from Fox 31 joining us for another couple of minutes before he boards his plane there in Jersey to come back home. And sticking with Teddy just a little bit, and maybe it's general and specific, the team had very little margin for error the last couple of years, right? They had to basically play a perfect game. And even down early you didn't get the sense that, oh, this thing has lost. It's just, oh, it felt like more of the same because it wasn't dynamic. But as the game went along, and maybe it's a credit to Teddy, I think, he's as calm a customer as you're going to come across, not just at the quarterback position, but in general. And how much do you think just that personality trait is rubbing off on this team? Yeah, big time, uh, all across the board. I mean, look, you look at their their drive charts were 15-play scoring drive, 12-play scoring drive, 17-play scoring drive. Uh, he, he just moves the chains. He keeps the other offense on the sidelines. Uh, and then, you know, it, at some point, you, of course, and, and Vic said this afterwards, you got to score the points, you know, once you kind of get those drives going. And, you know, more times than not, they were able to deliver. So, I mean, I'm really optimistic about what he brings to this team. And as you said, from a leadership standpoint, I mean, the guys, just the way that they kind of beam when they talk about him, we saw that early in camp, which is sort of the, I think, the first hand that like, hey, this team's behind this guy. There's something to him. And then, you know, as we the media get to know these guys and, and talk to them more, there's just a uh, he is uh, there's there's he's a he's a magnetic personality. He just draws people to him. He's he's got this locker room. There is no question, and you can't always say that about you know a quarterback that comes over from another team quickly. But I mean, it, it was uh, it's obvious he's got every single person in that locker room believing, as well as right now certainly all of Broncos country. All right, last one before I let you run. It's funny because I'm I got first take on here in the studio. And that it's Broncos Giants, and the headline is "What Happened to the Giants?" Well, in large part, the Broncos defense happened to the Giants. That's what happened. Yeah. You know, New York-based <laughs> talk show on ESPN. Yeah. The Broncos defense happened. So, what did you see from that side of the ball that excited you? Well, it's pretty much what we've seen. You know, the last several years. I mean, they're they're stingy in the red zone. They're they're really good up front. They they won the war in the trenches. They're really good at stopping the run. With I think was a 56 total rushing yards of Saquon Barkley and company. And you know you identify a team's greatest strength and you take it away in the NFL. That's what the Broncos did yesterday. And uh, I, I think Vic was a little. I uh, didn't love some of the the long chunk pass plays that they gave up, but uh, by and large it didn't really hurt them too much because you know they followed it up with just really stingy defense up front and especially against the run. And really good to see Von Miller get back to a couple sacks and a big seven yard tackle for a loss as well. Well, now they head to Jacksonville, and then they play the Jets. There's no reason this team shouldn't be three and zero. In fact, I think it'll be a surprise if they're if they're not. I imagine you're right there with me. Yeah, I, I am. Um, I just, you know, we had Brandon Stokely on our Orange and Blue uh, weekly show earlier, and he said, "Look, I've been a part of a lot of really good teams. It's not easy to string three to four wins together in the NFL. So he's, you know, no cupcakes, no layups. It is the NFL, but look, those are two rookie quarterbacks, and you got to love our defense against those rookie QBs." Um, but you know, it is the NFL, so we'll see, but yeah, I like the Broncos to be certainly two and oh, uh, heading back to week three against New York and hopefully three and oh, when Baltimore comes to town in week four. 
All right, Nick, we will let you finish up your, I think you said salad or sandwich and, and your IPA. Chicken salad and, sandwich. Yeah. I was trying to be healthy. Oh, chicken salad sandwich, sandwich plus the cool, IPA cool, makes it cool. even healthier. Yeah, it kind of it even evens things out a little bit. All right, well, ha- have a good flight home, and, and we'll see you back here, bud. Thanks so much for the time. All right, Brent, thanks for having me on. There you go, Nick Griffith from Fox 31 at Nick Griffith TV. And, of course, that weekly, they've got a couple weekly Broncos shows, but the one with Vic Fangio uh, is, is pretty much can't miss because he gets Vic to – Open up a, a little bit. I think he he's right about, and I, and I guess he was not just taking credit, but bringing up the idea that it is hard to win three games in in the NFL. This is the hardest of the three. One, it's the opener. Two, it's a day after nine eleven. Three, it's in New York, a team that played better later in the year under Joe Judge. And when you look at a game, if you're going to say of the first three, what's the most likely they would lose? You would say it's at the Giants. Back-to-back rookie QBs, Trevor Lawrence looked like a rookie QB, and Trevor Lawrence, and I guess Zach Wilson will have a chance, too. I didn't see what Zach's final numbers were. Trevor Lawrence, I think, finished with those two interceptions. He finished with three. So you know who's excited about that, and I guarantee it'll come up tonight on his show, and we're going to talk about a little bit more Peyton and Eli in the booth uh in the booth on their couches rather, but the Peyton and Eli broadcast of Monday night football, they're doing 10 games. This is, this is game number one tonight. Peyton holds the NFL rookie record. And he used to always say it was 26. It's 28, I believe. Right. And Peyton was just always wrong. He's like, I cannot wait for someone to come along. Trevor Lawrence is going to, is going to give him a run for his money at this point. Cause he had three and I'm, I'm quickly pulling up the Panthers stats. And in that game, Zach Wilson, one interception. So he can get there because he could have a, a three-interception game easily. And you're going to need a couple to get there. But now with that 17th game, we're, we're, Trevor Lawrence is on pace for what's 17 times three? I'm not good at math. 54? 51. 51? Why am I not good at math? I'm just not good at math. <laughs> 51. So 51, I guess 18 times three is 54, right? Uh, 51 interceptions Trevor Lawrence is on pace for. Peyton's excited about that. Trevor Lawrence is going to be damn good, and I think he's still my favorite prospect in this class. I will say this. He saw Trey Lance run that fake, and in a league, one fantasy league, where my quarterbacks are Big Ben, Trey Lance, and Deshaun Watson, I'm really excited about the idea that Trey Lance is going to come on here quickly, take Jimmy G's job, and then I can just cut Big Ben. But uh, sticking with the Broncos in the schedule, there's no reason especially when you keep hearing the stories. You heard them a few weeks ago. You heard them again yesterday. The vets are not in on Urban Meyer. And they may not be there after this year or over the next year or two, depending on contracts. Urban Meyer is going to reshape the roster to his liking, along with Trent Baalke, the GM. But the Jags are just trying to figure it all out. So you go to Jacksonville. You should win that game. I got to check the forecast to see how hot it's going to be. It certainly looked warm yesterday. The Saints playing there against the Packers. And Grant, real quick before we go to break, the reason why the Saints chose there, Sean Payton legitimately, he and his staff, his, his uh, administrative people, got on either Travelocity or Expedia or one of the travel sites and looked at the hardest place for folks in Green Bay and Milwaukee to get to. <laughs> and travel-wise, it was Jacksonville. Because they could have played in... They could have played in Dallas. There's a lot of places yeah, they could have played. I wondered why it was Florida. They could have played in Dallas. They could have played in San Antonio. Uh, they... There's probably a couple other places they could have played in, in even some cities that didn't have uh, active NFL teams. There, there's options, but Dallas would have, would have made a lot of sense because they have the infrastructure there. Instead, they opted for they opted for Jacksonville, and it worked out as the Saints rolled. Uh, but 
the, the Broncos in Jacksonville will check the weather, and then they get the Jets here at home, the home opener. It feels like the real test is going to come week four when the Ravens come to town. We don't know exactly what the Ravens team will look like. Will Jameis Winston test positive for COVID? Not Jameis. Lamar Jackson test positive for COVID again. For the fourth time? For the How fourth? many times has it been <laughs> he's, now? He's going to set a record. Like, he's going to end up being the poster boy for for getting it and, and then, you know, just moving on. Uh, anyway, let's uh, step aside. And on the other side, if you missed it earlier, I'll give you the updated programming info as we were making some pretty big changes here at KOA. Somebody sent a text in earlier, said they missed my announcement. There will be more. There will be more uh, coming here in, in rather that that announcement coming again is a better way to say it. But plenty more of this show. Adam Amin's going to join us and, and trying to track down a Broncos player as well. Don't go anywhere. We're with you uh, until noon. Brandon Cristal, this is KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So it is football time in the 2021 season, and the game is underway. Bridgewater keeps it. Bridgewater looks to throw, does so, and he's got a Denver touchdown to Tim Patrick. You know, we can really get rolling. It was good today to just see guys come out flying around, spacing up in the passing game properly, guys going up, making plays, big third downs by different guys. Um, so it was just great, man, as a whole, uh, to actually come out of here with a victory. Four-man pressure. Jones drops in trouble, and he's going to be hit and sacked, and that's Vaughn Miller with his first. First sack of the season. Von Miller beat Nate Solder off the edge. Jones looked left, and by the time he wanted to come back and look right, number 58 had him. He, he did an incredible job. You know, he's 10 times better than me. Well, he's about eight times better than me. You know, but he did an incredible job. Um, you know, he, he was poised back there. You know, he got out of some big time sacks, you know, early in the game. He converted, you know, off of those scrambles, man. And, you know, just a great day from Teddy. Play fake. Bridgewater in trouble. Stiff arms away, ball is caught, and inside the five-yard line is Oak Wabunam and into the end zone with a Denver touchdown. You know, and that's the Teddy Bridgewater that we've seen in the NFL when he's when he's played. And uh, it's nice to see him in a Broncos uniform right now, and we're happy to have him. Bridgewater turns, hands to Gordon. Gordon off the right side in a big hole, 40, 45. Here we go, midfield. Gordon, 45, 40. Pull it away, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Denver! 70 yards for Melvin Gordon. That losing stuff is dead. It's boring. It's not fun. It's not the way we play football. And you see it out there today. Everybody did it. What they have to do to make sure we got this dub today.
Good listening to this all day, right, Broncos country? Your Broncos roll into the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, but it's still located in the Meadowlands, East Rutherford, New Jersey. 27-13 winners, and really it was more like 27-7. Big win to start the year. Didn't know exactly what this Giants team is going to be, and maybe they are the worst team in the NFC East right now. Is Daniel Jones a starting caliber NFL quarterback? I don't know. I think he's certainly an NFL quarterback. He and Drew Locke very closely linked, but you look at his numbers. He did run for 27 yards on six carries, including that touchdown at the end of the game, which I want to say was a four-yarder. 22 at 37, 267, sacked twice by Vaughn Miller. Force fumble, courtesy of Josie Jewell. Malik Reed scoops up. And at times he looked really dialed in, but other times he looked kind of lost. Which, if you ever use the Giants on Madden, and I was playing Broncos versus Giants on Madden yesterday morning, he can be a little off the mark. And I think I think you saw that plenty. How much of that is Vic Fangio and the Broncos defense? Probably a lot. And the Broncos D will travel, right? Doesn't matter. Football, basketball, if you got a defensive-minded team or good defense, your defense is going to travel. Sometimes offenses play better at home. But your defense can play well everywhere, and the idea that the defense is going to just get better as they play together more, yes, they're dialed in, but now you're going to add Bradley Chubb back to the mix, and that's exciting. He and Von Miller have only played four games together. I'm still, uh, I meant to look that number up what their sack numbers are when when he's on the field, or one of them is on the field, let alone or, uh, as opposed to games when neither are on the field. A couple texts came in, 56690 at the KOA Centura Health text line. A bunch about the new lineup, and I'll get to that in just a second. But this one from the 970-215, in reference to Nick Griffin's comment about Teddy's ability to stretch the defense, I was, all caps, pleasantly surprised how well he threw the long pass that Hamler dropped. Teddy has good touch. He just doesn't have the strongest arm. And a lot of people, if they're going to criticize him, it's that he doesn't take shots downfield enough. I think he's just selective. But maybe we need to wrap our minds around the idea that Teddy Bridgewater will just get better with a good team around him. And I know great quarterbacks can make bad teams good or bad players good or bad players better and good players great. But good players with great players around them can play really, really well. And you look at explosive plays or or bigger plays, Jerry Judy, before he went down with that high ankle sprain, and he tweeted, uh, I'll be back soon. I still think we're going to see him on the three-week IR at the very least. But six catches, 72 yards, a 20-yarder was his longest. Noah Fant, six catches, 62 yards, a 25-yarder his longest. Tim Patrick, four for 39, 16-yarder his longest. K.J. Hamler. Obviously, that big drop that was mentioned by the texter, but still three for 41, a 22-yarder being his longest on that deep out. Melvin Gordon, a 13-yarder out of the backfield. Cortland Sutton, you'd like to see a little more from Cortland, especially if you got him on your fantasy team and knowing he's in a contract here. I do not think he'll be one for 14 every game. And you do got to give the Giants secondary some credit, too. So, all in all, though, Spreading the ball around, Eric Sobert, one for seven. So if you're going to involve one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different pass catchers, and then uh, the one for the four-yard loss to Javante Williams, nine different pass catchers, if Teddy's going to do that, that's really taking what the defense gives you. It's not just locking it on one guy. Uh, but obviously we'll keep an eye on the Jerry Judy ankle sprain. 
If you were expecting to hear Vic Fangio, he will be on this afternoon. He will also hold his press conference at 12.15. They kind of shifted things around because I guess they got back a little later than planned. Uh, so he'll be 12.15 and some players after him. Worcester efforting to talk to a Broncos player. Going to talk to Adam Amin, who called the game for Fox Sports uh, on on TV here in, in about 20 minutes. But plenty of texts are coming in, including a call with the new lineup change, and that's why both Teddy Bridgewater and Vic Fangio will be on the afternoon show. Not today. It's kind of a preview of things to come. I guess I'll let Ken fire off his question, and then I'll, I'll give you the details again. 303-713-8585. Ken, what's going on? Oh, how you doing? Uh, I enjoy uh, Big Al and all you guys, and I'll miss uh, the show. What's the lineup now for JoJo Turbo? He was pretty good, too. He's pretty good with Al Lewis. Is he going to still be with your program? Oh, yeah. Well, so letting you guys behind the curtain. Appreciate the call, Ken. JoJo's our boss. <laughs> JoJo's literally the second most in charge person in the building, so if you want to take himself off air, he could. Uh, but he's not going anywhere. He runs all of our stations. He's our senior VP of programming for the whole region. Because Dave Logan works as a high school football coach also, his schedule is going to kind of be all over the place like it has been in the past when he's been a part of the afternoon show for a million years here. So you'll hear Dave plenty as part of the KOA Sports Zoo, uh, which is the name of the new show, bringing back the name of an old show that certainly Dave and, and Scott Hastings, among others, made popular for a long, long time to much fanfare. Uh, but I'll give you the new lineup top to bottom here right now. KOA News Radio. Breaking news. New lineup on KOA starts Monday. Our pal Ross Kaminsky is going to walk right across the hall. He's going to get to sleep in a little bit more. I got to think he's excited about that. But Ross will be 9 to noon right after Colorado's Morning News, the award winning Colorado's Morning News that I'm happy to be a part of. Ross will cover the top stories of the day and talk about the things you care about. Then right after Ross. Mandy stays the same. Noon to three, you love listening to Mandy. You like hearing me win on of the day so much. You'll continue to hear that. At three, when Mandy's done, it's the return of the KOA Sports Zoo, as I just mentioned. Dave Logan and Big Al bring you everything Broncos related. Plenty of laughs, of course. You can't have a show with those guys and not have big laughs, especially Big Al. His laugh you can hear all the way throughout the building and into the parking lot. And you'll hear from Rick Lewis, and JoJo's going to be a big part of that show as well with their takes on the Broncos. At six... An earlier start for Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright talking all things Broncos starting at 6 o'clock now. And if you're looking for Michael Brown, well, Brownie is going back to KHOW in the mornings. He will be on 630 KHOW every morning where Ross Kaminsky was. All that starts Monday on KOA, 850 AM, 94.1 FM, and on the iHeart Radio app, which, of course, you can hear on your smart speakers by just saying, hey, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, play KOA radio for my heart radio. And that's what you get. So uh, Rick Lewis, of course, will still be the color analyst of the Broncos radio network. And you can catch both he and Kathy Lee every morning on their very successful, longest running FM morning show. The Rick Lewis, you know, of course, forever Lewis and Florax, but of course the Rick Lewis show on the Fox every day, six to nine. So some shuffling around some new, I guess a new face over here in Ross Kaminsky, new name, new face. Maybe people at KOA aren't as familiar with Ross, but everybody else you're familiar with and just kind of kind of moving some stuff around, and, and it's going to be awesome to hear Dave and, and Big Al together. So that is your lineup change, and you got 
people saying, hey, bummed about Logan and Lewis. That show made my day. I get it. But you'll still hear Dave and Rick plenty. And Rick's going to be a big part when uh, big part of the show with Dave and, and they're calling the games together. Somebody wants to know uh, from the 303, does KOA, does KOA replay the, the broadcasts of the games? We do not replay the games. If you have NFL Game Pass, the, the audio is available there. I think if you have SiriusXM, you can get it on their app as well. But to my knowledge, we definitely don't replay the games. Uh, and I don't know if we post them online either. But we do have lots of highlights that you can, you can go find. So uh, there's that. But uh, no, you can't. You can't just like we don't play the game. When would we play it? We don't have time. <laughs> when do we? When are we going to carve out three hours to replay the game? How about you just listen to the the game next time? You could do that. You know, be cool by the way, Grant, is if you know these smart speakers that are playing playing uh, the station. Yeah. If they had record functions, you know, the recording back at. Amazon well, yeah, I was to say they're already listening. They're, they're listening at can Amazon and Google and Apple. Too? <laughs> no, yeah, can you just send them back to us, or can I? Uh, can I just say, hey Alexa, play the Broncos, replay the Broncos game for me? Uh, let's jump on the phone. Three zero three seven one three eight five eight five. Dave wants to switch it up a little bit, move off of the Broncos, and talk a little college football. And I'll oblige, Dave. What's going on? Well, welcome from Iowa. I appreciate you the new time slot. Grant is a very sharp fella, and I like him. So college football, let's see. He filled me in on Texas A&M and Colorado. Uh, I'm going to speak about Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State kind of stumped. They didn't deserve to win. Their defense is tough, but when push comes to shove, you got to make it happen. A disappointment. They can't beat Iowa. That you know that gets a cyclone fan like me going. Yeah, so, ever since Matt Campbell got there, it's sort of like Jim Harbaugh with that Michigan Ohio State rivalry. And yeah. I I know Ames was rocking right. There was probably one hundred twenty thousand folks, even at, 70, 70, in the state. Right? How many more outside? Tailgating. They yeah. estimate a hundred thousand. Yeah, easy. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, twenty-seven, seventeen. Tough one, Dave. You talked about you talked about the the buffs, man. Talk about a tough one when you're up the whole game, a defensive struggle. You're you're leading seven nothing, seven three at the half, scoreless after three, and then A and M's able to score in the fourth and sneak out of in power field at mile high with that win. Now, conversely. My well, I could mention my Jayhawks, but we're not gonna do that. I I did have a prominent Broncos player ask me if they'd cover the twenty six and a half. Just just not that he's placing the bet. I think it was more he just saw the line. Um, it was just funny, and I was like, yeah, I can't bet against the Jayhawks because whenever I do, they they cover but still lose. Nonetheless, it was not great going to Coastal Carolina Friday night. They lost forty nine twenty two on that teal turf, but tough start for Colorado State, right? The Rammies at home lose to Vandy. Not the most dominant SEC program. I think we could say that 24-21. Tough tough sledding there. Did you see uh, Marty's (laughs) post over the weekend? No, Marty being a proud CSU (laughs) alum. I missed his post, but I I could just imagine. Yeah, he was just talking about how disappointed he was, you know, especially after that week one loss to the FCS school, which they were a good team. But you can't lose to the Jackrabbits. You can't of South lose. Dakota State. No. Now the Jayhawks do, but Jayhawks are borderline D one. And then fall to Vanderbilt when they should have won that game. Yeah. 
Yep. So, you, yeah. You, you, tough year. You lose and that CU, game. Man, I worked that game on Saturday. They had every opportunity in the world to win that game. All they had to do was put some points on the board. Not even a lot. No. And, and man, that was that was a tough loss. I didn't look at the new rankings. Did AM drop the rankings because of I don't know. They how should. They, played? they did not unless that quarterback that they have, the freshman that got hurt on like the second play, that's supposed to be like Johnny Manziel, unless he's that good, I can't see how they're the fifth best team in the country. They're fifth in one poll in the coaches poll, they're seventh in another. Again, 303-713-8585 is the phone number. You can text us, 566-90, the KOA Centura Health uh, text line. Uh, does this mean the death of the initials game? I don't know. I don't know. That's a question that you will have to ask Big Al and JoJo and Dave Logan. But adding Dave to the initials game could be really fun, right? Adding adding Dave as a, as a player to go with Coove, and, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of other people uh, around to participate. Uh, the rest of the week after me, somebody wants to know, I'm here today breaking down the Broncos. You're going to have your cuz, Lou from Middleton, taking you through the rest of the week. Uh, SD card digital recording of AMFM radios are available on Amazon. Okay, that from the 720. Someone wants to know if we got rid of our FM signal as well. We did not. We are 100% on 94.1 FM, so you've got that. Uh, someone wants to know the reason for the reshuffle. You, that's way above my pay grade. Uh, but I think it's going to be exciting hearing Dave and Al together in the afternoon, right? Two of the biggest voices, if not the two biggest voices in, in Denver sports, right? And and two iconic voices, obviously. Dave closing in on 40 years calling the Broncos, right? Thirty, I think it's the year, is it year 37? 30, 33. 32? Oh, it's only 32. All right, 32 years calling the Broncos. Obviously called all those Super Bowl wins. And and such a, a great high school football coach, as well as great on the radio forever. And then Big Al, college football Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champ, and, and a great radio star himself. So I think everybody should be excited about hearing them together. I know I am. Uh, I know I am, That that's for sure. Uh, this from the 720, does Teddy go back to Hamler after the drop? Absolutely. You're only going to freeze a guy out if they drop it consistently in big spots and or they're jerks about it. <laughs> Right. Well, he did go back to Hamler did, later in right, the game. That deep out was yeah. was after the drop. So yeah, he already he already did, and, and KJ picked up twenty two yards, and and that was that. So Teddy doesn't seem like the guy that's going to ace a guy out unless this is just a hypothetical. If KJ Hamler came on the radio or on a press conference or was quoted, it's like, look, Teddy's got to get me the ball more, right? I was open. He's not giving me the ball more. That's when you can get aced out. Sometimes QB will say, you know what? I'm going to get you the ball less. Certainly, guys like Peyton Manning and and of that ilk happily will freeze a guy out if they feel like that guy's trying to upstage them or or whatever. All right, a guy that uh, certainly won't be upstaged. He's one of the uh, great young play-by-play guys out there and, and a part of Fox Sports. He was calling the game yesterday on TV. He calls baseball playoffs, and he's also the voice of the Chicago Bulls. Adam Amin is going to join us next. Come on, man. Grant on the other side of the glass. I'm Brandon Cristal with you until noon. You're listening to KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Four-man rush. Bridgewater in the pocket. Now bounces around. Looked like he was grabbing the face mask. Now he's almost pulled down. Stops and throws. The ball middle of the field. It's caught by Hamler. First down, Denver. That, of course, is Dave Logan, who called the game on radio. Back here on KOA, Brandon Crystal with you until noon. If you are one of those new age people that watches television and doesn't just listen to the game on the radio, then odds are you heard our next guest, Adam Amin, call the game with our pal Stink on, on Fox TV. So I know that some of our listeners, Adam, watched you and didn't listen to, to Dave and Rick here on, on the radio and... I guess, uh, well, one, thanks for joining us. And two, I'm curious, what's your takeaway from a, a pretty dominant performance by the Broncos, especially on the defensive side? Yeah, I think uh, the, the things that we, we thought about were quarterback and, and the rebuilt defense, right? The kind of simple base concepts of why this team might be competitive. Let's think of some positives of why they can be competitive. And, and those things all played out very nicely yesterday. I thought Teddy Bridgewater's debut was excellent, hard to – you know, be that accurate on that many attempts, as you you know probably saw the graphic. Uh, you know, mo- you know most the fourth most accurate half. To, you know, going back the last uh, almost three decades uh, in in Denver history, it's pretty good. So uh, you got the sense that Bridgewater would would he be willing to test defenses downfield? I thought he did. Uh, I thought his scramble improvisation was very impressive. The fourth down and one play. Uh, with Albert Okuwebunam lunging for the for the end zone, that was that was a tough play that Bridgewater had to make. He had to kind of keep and shield Xavier McKinney away from him, and still have the poise and the control to make that play. He was under control for the entirety of the day. There were very few spots where he didn't look to be in control. And I think defensively, you know, Stink said it on the broadcast. Von Miller looked like Von Miller again. You know, and some of the people that he talked to said he looked like his old you know, Super Bowl MVP form, and that's high praise, and it's only one game, but and it's against a pretty bad offensive line. Let's also, you know, be honest here about the Giants, and they know that. Uh, it's not a great offensive line, but Von Miller looked like his old self, and the pass rush was solid, and the defense that you spent all this time and draft capital and, and free agent money on looked good for the most part. Even, you know, Ronald Darby had a couple of rough moments, but he tackled in space, and that's something he was really important with in Philadelphia, they, same thing in Washington. He had to do those things. So for Darby to play well, for Fuller to make up for the mistake that he had on the penalty and to, to get the pass break up on a fourth down, you know, I, I know Sertan kind of was on the bad end of that Sterling Shepard touchdown, but it wasn't fully his fault. Uh, as, as Stink pointed out, that was an A.J. Johnson play because he didn't get enough depth. Everybody at every level played well at various points, and Bridgewater's debut is as good as you can ask for. I think that's a pretty successful day. Talking with Adam Amin from Fox Sports, and I think that's really 
anybody in Broncos country would have wanted performance-wise. Yes, Alberto fumble obviously took some very likely at least points from Brandon McManus, if not another touchdown off the board. But the Giants probably haven't completely found themselves and don't know what Daniel Jones' you know real long-term prospects are. Now they're going to get two games against Jacksonville and a rookie quarterback who threw three picks, which I know Peyton Manning's excited about, and Trevor Lawrence. And then the week after that, the home opener against the Jets and a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. So how long do you, th- do you think it'll take till we really know who this Broncos team is? Week four, the Ravens come to town. So is it going to be then? Yeah, I think week four and five will be good tests. You know, between Pittsburgh, who looked good, you know, for stretches, even though Buffalo came back and won, I thought they looked good in stretches during that game. Uh, I felt, I feel like, you know, we'll get a good sense of Baltimore tonight. It's hard to gauge them because of their injury issues at running back, but I think that will be a good test regardless. And and it's, this is a, a, you know, it's one of the quote unquote, and I hate using strength, you know, opponents win loss percentage as the main metric for strength of schedule you know, because we're basing a lot of things off last year. But even if you base things off of projected win totals or something like that for this year, Denver's got a relatively easy schedule. And that's, that's not going to take away from them if they win eight, nine, ten games. That's, that should not take away from any level of success they have. But this is a good opportunity to build up some equity before you start getting into the meat of the AFC West schedule. And before you have to face Kansas City a couple of times, before you have to face a couple of better AFC teams. So this is you know, these first three weeks will be a nice gauge. You take advantage of a bad offensive line in, in New York. You have a quarterback trying to figure himself out at the NFL level and a, and a head coach who's still kind of learning the ropes at this level in Jacksonville. I, I think when you get to Baltimore and you have to do something different with Lamar Jackson, and when you get to week five with a Pittsburgh team that has a new-look offensive line but can hold up on the defensive end, these will be good tests. And there's nothing that tells me, based on one week, and again, I'm saying that to emphasize that it was a great one week, but it's only one week. There's nothing to tell me from one week that this can't be a team that's competitive for the majority of the year. There were a lot of close games last year with a patchwork defense, and now they have somebody, a quarterback at the very least, who proves that he can be calm under pressure and can make the right decisions on a more consistent basis. I think all of those elements lead to at least some positive thoughts about where this team could go. Well, and so as we're talking with Adam, I mean, from Fox Sports, he called the game yesterday on TV. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater off the top, and I think that was a pleasant surprise to Broncos fans that that thought they knew exactly who Teddy Bridgewater was based, I guess, mostly on what they saw last year in Carolina or or whatever. But beyond that, who are one or two players that maybe caught your eye that that you didn't know what to expect or or weren't sure what you see from from some some of the Broncos, whether it's new faces or familiar faces? You know, I thought Malik Reed, who obviously had to had to get a lot of run last year with the Atauchu injury and, and with Von Miller being out, I thought Reed looked sharp. Uh, Simmons and Jackson are just Simmons and Jackson at this point. I mean, they are so reliable uh, for the most part in the middle of the field. And, and again, I think even if there were some slips yesterday, I, I, I have zero concerns about them. Uh, you know, but I think Albert O, you know, that, that's kind of who stuck out. Fant was consistent, kind of, you know, he, he looked sure-handed yesterday. Uh, I thought Hamler made some good plays. I think Albert Owen Hamler are probably the two guys that kind of stuck out to me. Hamler's athleticism that kind of goes back to his days at Penn State. Maybe we didn't really get a, a full look at that last year. You know, and he obviously had some good moments and he could play a role in the return game. But I think we saw where he can step up, especially now with this Judy injury. Uh, you know, if, can't, if KJ Hamler has to take on a bigger role, that's why you have depth at that position. That's why you have these extra tight ends. You know, Andrew Beck was a healthy scratch yesterday. There's still opportunities to get 
some work in with, with, with different personnel groupings, even if you lose Judy. So I think Albert O is going to have to play a bigger role and KJ Hamler is going to have to play a bigger role. I know he fumbled inside the five, but to come back, to make the effort play for the touchdown at the Bridgewater, did all that work to stay away from McKinney. I think that's, that, that's at least showing some growth. Remember, that was that kid's first game back coming off injury. Uh, a lot of guys were coming back off injury. So I think offensively, Albert O and KJ Hamler were two guys that really stuck out to me. Talk with Adam Amin for another minute or two here from Fox Sports. He called the game yesterday on Fox Television. Everybody wanted to, I guess, close the the book on Vic Fangio, the head coach. We know who he is. He's fighting for his job. That's why Teddy's the the quarterback, and and he's a defensive guy that has trouble managing the game. Well, I appreciated that Vic was honest in post game, whether it was with Dave here or on on the podium. He said he didn't have a lot of people necessarily at his back when he was going for it on fourth down, especially on the minus side of the 50. Did that catch you and, and Stink in the booth a, a little off guard or by surprise that, that Vic is turning into Riverboat Vic? Stink, Stink said it at the time. He's like, there's no way they run this, right? And it wasn't because it, it wouldn't be a, a good play to go for it on fourth down. It, but it was, I think, the surprise that it was Vic Fangio going for it on fourth down in that field position. He re- legitimately thought, there was no way. And that was a heck of a conversion. You know, great. And it was a great catch. Corlin Sutton saved, saved Vic there, too. That was a heck of a play that Sutton made on that, on that fourth down. But to roll the dice, to have some faith in Bridgewater, who had obviously gotten off to a really good start, uh, that was important. And, and you saw why possessing the football is so important. You, you saw multiple times going forward on fourth down. They, it, they cashed in in a big way, and they made it pay off. And you know, you can be aggressive. The Giants were an aggressive fourth down team last year. The problem was they might go for it on fourth down at midfield and then sputter in the red zone. You got to cash in on those opportunities. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it plays out the right way. Sometimes you make the right decision and it plays out the right way. Or sometimes it's a combination of all those things. And whatever it was, Vic Fangio worked out for him well and it led to a win. You can be aggressive at times. And that's been a I think a pointed and accurate criticism of Vic's first couple of years, and maybe that's just the the growing pains of a new head coach who's who's learning new tricks and trying to figure out different elements of the game. But I, I, you you have to give him credit because when your team pays it off, it's going to make you look good. But you have to be willing to take the risk in the first place, and I give Vic a lot of credit for that. Adam, we look forward to catching you down the road when the when the Broncos maybe get you on the call again. I know you did a couple last year, but we'll certainly be watching you week to week. What do you what do you have in week two? You got a good matchup. I think we got a good one, and uh, two teams coming off uh, impressive offensive games. Uh, Philadelphia is going to host San Francisco this week. Uh, well, you know, we get to see a little bit more of Trey Lance. We'll figure out. He had a touchdown pass in uh, in some limited duty. Uh, the offense looked really sharp for San Francisco. They made some mistakes and. Uh, in, in, in special teams and some miscues, but they looked sharp. And boy, Devontae Smith looks like a really good pick. Uh, yeah. you know, Smith Hurts looked sharp in, in the offense yesterday. The defense was great. So uh, it'll be it'll be an important week two game for both those teams who are going to be in the battle for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of that game. Watched uh, you know pretty much all the early games, and Hurts surprised me. I don't. I, I'm not convinced he's a down and down at NFL quarterback, but maybe he's going to prove me and, and other doubters wrong. So we'll look forward to catching you and Stink on that call. And and again, when you've got the Broncos here, fingers crossed down the road. So I really appreciate it, Bud, and uh, we'll keep following you because you're a good Twitter follow too at Adam Amin, uh, spelled just like it sounds. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Anytime, BK. Thanks. There you go. At Adam Amin, A-M-I-N is how you spell. You can spell Adam. Most people can't. Uh, so good to, good to talk to Adam there. Good call on TV uh, with Stink. I don't know what Stink's doing other than calling games on TV. I, I guess he's uh, around. I don't know. Uh, I think he sells chili. 
Anyway, uh, some texts uh, that are still coming in uh, that I'm trying to scroll through. Uh, 56690, that is the KOA Centura Health text line. I should shout out the KOA Centura Health hotline as well, which is how we talked to both Adam and Nick Griffin. Thanks to our, thanks to our friends at KOA Centura Health. Um, I'm, my guy Brian here letting us know that Dave Logan has called Broncos game since 1990. So this is season 32. Uh, somebody wants to know because of the changes to the lineup that I mentioned earlier, and I can mention them again here in, in just a minute. I guess I can keep mentioning them to you if you want. Uh, they want to know, <coughs> excuse me, what's going on with Kathy Lee? Kathy Lee is still part of the Rick Lewis Morning Show. So you will catch her every morning, just like you have for two decades on the Rick Lewis Morning Show, and then she'll just be around. Maybe we'll catch her filling in from time to time up here, but Kathy's got a lot of irons in the fire just in life. And, uh, a little one, two little ones, really, but she got a son in elementary school, and her little girl is three and a half, I want to say. If my little boy's three, her little girl's three and a half, so maybe she's four now. Um, she's busy. She's plenty busy, but you'll hear her every morning with Rick Lewis, and like I said, you'll hear Rick plenty. Again, I, I might as well give you the new lineup if you didn't catch it earlier in the hour, but starting Monday, we've got a new lineup right here on KOA. Rock KOA, oh, breaking news, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Grant. I kind of stepped on the breaking news sounder. Ross Kaminsky is going to move across the hall and get a little more sleep, you got to think. Maybe he still gets up at the crack of, well, before the crack of dawn, in the dark, like he did for his morning show on KHOW. He will now be 9 to noon. He will follow the award-winning Colorado's morning news with April Zesbaugh, Marty Lenz, Pat Woodard with your money news, and myself with sports, and, of course, Dave Hunter on traffic. Ross Kaminsky, 9 to noon. Yes, Logan and Lewis, unfortunately, in its current state, is going away. Right at noon, still Mandy, noon to 3. She's got you rolling with with her regular show that so many people love, including me winning of the day so often. Too many times to count, in fact. Then at 3, right after Mandy, the return of the famed KOA Sports Zoo. Dave Logan and Big Al will bring you everything Broncos-related. Plenty of laughs for you. Drive home. You'll hear from Rick Lewis and JoJo. Their takes on the Broncos as well. That's where you'll hear Vic Fangio now. That's where you'll hear Teddy Bridgewater. You'll hear Dr. David Schneider from Ortho, Colorado, talking injuries. You'll hear plenty of of Broncos-related guests and and certainly Broncos-related content when you've got a guy that won two Super Bowls and you've got a guy who's called the Broncos, as Brian pointed out, since 1990. They'll take you... Every day, 3 to 6. Then at 6, an earlier start for Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright. They've got you going when they obviously aren't impacted by a Rockies game or uh, anything Buffs related, but they will start at 6. And that means, hey, where's Michael Brown? Well, Brownie is moving to the KHOW morning show right there on our sister station, 630 KHOW. You can catch Brownie. I want to say if Ross is at 6, you will catch Brownie 6 to 9 over there as well. That all starts Monday. On 8.50 a.m., 94.1 FM, and on the iHeartRadio app. Somebody said, man, I love the sports zoo, and I love Big Al and Scott Hastings together. Can we bring Scott Hastings back to the fold? Well, unfortunately, Scott works for Altitude TV and, and their radio affiliate. But, yeah, Hastings and Big Al were great on the radio together. That was the first show that brought me to Denver was to work with them. Our pal Tim Spence, who's one of our bosses over here and in charge of, of the sports zoo, among other things, He's the one that hired me and brought me to Denver. So if you're happy that I'm around, you can thank Tim Spence. If you're pissed and you hate me, then you can blame Tim Spence. Uh, but I don't know. They let me hang out here uh, at least 
a little bit. I know, Grant, you're happy, and, and my wife's happy that I came to Denver because we met here. So I'm so happy. It's two people, you and my wife. <laughs> uh, why, don't, why don't we step aside? We got some fun to be had in, in the final hour. Still trying to track down a Broncos player. And I had one other guest idea I was going to throw at you, Grant. So don't go anywhere. We'll take you all the way up until noon before we hand things off to Mandy. I'm Brandon Cristal, and you're listening to KOA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. So it is football time in the 2021 season, and the game is underway. Bridgewater keeps it. Bridgewater looks to throw, does so, and he's got a Denver touchdown to Tim Patrick. You know, we can really get rolling. It was good today to see guys come out flying around, spacing up in the past game properly guys going up making plays big third downs by different guys um so it's just great man as a whole uh, to actually come out of here with a victory four-man pressure jones drops in trouble and he's gonna be hit and sacked and that's von miller with his first sack of the season von miller beat nate solder off the edge Jones looked left, and by the time he wanted to come back and look right, number 58 had him. He, he did an incredible job. You know, he's 10 times better than me. Well, he's about eight times better than me. You know, but he did an incredible job. Um, you know, he, he was poised back there. You know, he got out of some big-time sacks you know, early in the game. He converted you know, off of those scrambles, man. And, you know, just a great day from Teddy. Play fake. Bridgewater in trouble. Stiff arms away. Ball is caught. And inside the five-yard line is Oak Waybunam and into the end zone with a Denver touchdown. You know, and that's the Teddy Bridgewater that we've seen in the NFL when he's when he's played. And uh, it's nice to see him in a Broncos uniform right now. We're happy to have him. Bridgewater turns, hands to Gordon. Gordon off the right side in a big hole. 40, 45. Here we go, midfield. Gordon, 45, 40. Pull it away. 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Denver! 70 yards for Melvin Gordon. That losing stuff is dead. It's boring. It's not fun. It's not the way we play football. And you see it out there today. Everybody did it. What they have to do to make sure we got this dub today. They love Victory Monday in Broncos country. I know everybody does. I've also got NFL Network on, ESPN, ESPN2. Is it me or is it extra blue in that Rams locker room, Grant? They're yeah, showing, is that the lighting coming off of the roof or what? It they're showing like, Sean McVay talking like and talking and talking. By the way, in, in a few minutes, we'll give you the Broncos uh, victory uh, victory victorious locker room speech and game ball presentation from... Vic Fangio. That stadium in LA looked awesome last night. That's where the Super Bowl is going to be this year. My my buddy who lives in LA was like, "Man, the stadium looks sexy as hell." And but everybody was kind of commenting on it last year when it was empty because it's the same architect. It looks a lot like Jerry World. Yeah. But with the with the fans there, and they kept doing those establishing shots from outside, and especially because they had to kind of do them from ground level. Because over the top, helicopter shots are, are cool, and it kind of looks like the Rams logo. 
Helicopter shots can be misleading. See the movie Bridesmaids, where it makes Milwaukee look awesome at the very beginning of Bridesmaids. You're like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, wait, it's Milwaukee? Eh. But with that whole open air situation, Southern California, where rain is rarely an issue or weather is rarely an issue, other than it being now more unseasonably hot, just like it is here, but that I think has to do with climate change. But it still doesn't rain very much there. The, the field is covered, but natural air comes in from the sides. And you see that plaza area in there continuing to develop it out. The new NFL Network TV studio is located there. I heard Rich Eisen talking about that the other day. And so there's a lot of talk that maybe the combine gets moved there or ends up there at some point. The combine's going to move, move around a bunch. But it looked, it looked really cool as opposed to last year where other than the video board, it looked a lot like Dallas. Now tonight you're going to see Vegas full for the first time on national TV as, as the Raiders host the Ravens. So I got the Ravens to win that game. I, I'm just never on board with with the Raiders. A couple texts came in, 566-90. Did I say my name, by the way? I'm Brandon Cristal, just hanging out until, until noon. But somebody from the 719 wants to know what Ross is all about. Well, you can listen to his show for the rest of the week if he's on, on KHAL. He'll do political talk issues of the day, talk about what's going on. I imagine he'll mix in some sports when it's relevant. Ross isn't a sports guy per se, but knows how important the Broncos are around here. Uh, Somebody else, uh, I'm paraphrasing from the 303, it's about time Big Al and Dave are together. And they also let me know that, that Grant, you'll appreciate this. Uh, And Grant's being being chatted with by our pal Susan Witkin. I was half kidding when I mentioned that Adam Amin's radio partner or TV partner is Stink, and I said, I don't know what he's doing other than selling chili. Yes, I know what Stink does. Thanks. <laughs> Just having fun with my old pal Stink. He, he and I used to work together with Big Al. We were all on a show together. I didn't know uh-huh. you worked with him, too. Yeah. He's good on the, on the, on the game calls. He, he does a great job. He's great at the, you know, the filling in guy. Yeah, the color. Ryan Edwards and I have an unofficial... I can't call it rivalry is not even the right word, but we, we both think we've worked with the most co-hosts in town, just done a single show. But now Ryan's having all those extra people that come in, you know, newer people that he's bringing into the Broncos country tonight fold. He may have, he may have flew right past me, but I counted one time and I've done radio shows in, in this town with over 40 co-hosts, whether it was a random Saturday with Mark Soysher or Eric Goodman I could, I could just keep going down the list. Former athletes that I, that I did one-offs with. The great Rockies announcer, Tom Helmer, who, who was great on Rockies TV for so many years doing their studio stuff. I could just keep going and going. Plus all the usual suspects, like you'd think, whether it's Big Al, JoJo, Dave, Rick, me and Kathy Lee. I guess we could count you and I, Grant, if we ever called you co-host. I certainly will. But Ryan and I would probably tie there because... Done shows with you too. Yeah, maybe someday soon you can call me a co-host. Yeah, but we could just keep going. Benjamin, Matt McChesney, Justin Adams. I could just I could go on for literally an hour because I've done Peter Burns, Orin Lamena. Just keep going and going and going. Anyway, the great Irvin Joe, uh, late great Irv Brown, and of course Joe Williams. Done solo shows, not solo, but done shows with them. So anyway, uh, someone else also said here uh, from the seven one nine. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? 566-90 is our text line. Oh, this is from that same one where they were telling me what, what Stink does. They also said, love BK! Exclamation point. 
Appreciate that. Um, somebody keeps asking me questions about why the changes. You're going to just have to email or call our management. Like they're making changes because they want to make changes to bolster the lineup. Or, you know, you put Dave and Al together. That's a pretty powerful afternoon show. And they want Ross here 9 to noon. And they certainly have their reasons. They didn't share it with me. I'm just the messenger letting you know. And I'll let you know again right now. Ross Kaminsky's coming over as part of our new KOA lineup starting Monday. You can catch Ross 9 to noon right after Colorado's morning news. Ross will cover the top stories of the day, talk about the things you care about. Mandy Connell's not going anywhere. You can catch her noon to 3. Catch me winning the of the day. Plenty, which I'll probably do today. At 3, right after Mandy, the return of the KOA Sports Zoo. Dave Logan and Big Al bring you everything Broncos related. Plenty of laughs for your drive home. You'll hear from Rick Lewis. And JoJo Turnbow, their takes on the Broncos as well. At 6, an earlier start for Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright. And then, if you're looking for Michael Brown, Brownie is moving across the street to 6.30K Hal. Across the street, really. Across the studio. Uh, 6.30K Hal, or across the newsroom, to be more exact. Uh, exact. He'll be on the morning show on our sister station. K Hal, that's where you can catch Michael Brown. And that all starts on Monday on 8.50 AM, 94.1 FM, and on the iHeartRadio app. This is my only day in here this week, the 9 to noon slot. Our cuz, Lou from Littleton, has you the rest of the week. He and Grant will be hanging out, talking Broncos, talking maybe a little baseball because, you know, cuz is never too far from talking talking baseball. How about those Rockies, by the way? They take three or four from Philly. If they would have done that on the road all year, winning three out of every four games, then they'd be in the playoffs. Well, just maybe like... Two out of every four games. Sure. You know? Even be one out of every fight. four games. They would be in the wild card race. It's crazy to think. They've been so good at home. And did you hear about uh, Cousin Lou's weekend he just had? He was at the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. And then caught the Broncos game yesterday. Awesome. That's a good sports weekend. <laughs> yeah, did he no go kidding. to the, well, I guess he didn't go to the finals, right? No, that so he went to the men's semifinals okay. on Friday. And then women's final Women's Saturday. final Saturday. And then the Broncos game on Sunday. And what Cus, a weekend. And Cousin was in New York for... For 9-11. And, and I know that had to be pretty emotional really everywhere. As I, as I mentioned, I lived in New York on 9-11. And so I'll tell you the story real quick, Grant, anyone else that's listening. But I had filed for unemployment on September 10th, 2001. My first job out of school was at a golf magazine called Maximum Golf that Rupert Murdoch owned. In the news court buildings, like I'd ride the elevator with Bill O'Reilly and Shepard Smith and people like that. So you'd see Bill O'Reilly without makeup. You'd smell Shepard Smith. He smelled like an ashtray because the dude smoked like 10 cigarettes a day. Every time there was a break, he was downstairs or when it, right before a show and right after a show. I don't know if he still smokes anymore, and I don't want to besmirch him, but he definitely smelled like a guy who smoked a lot. Uh, so, you know, you'd be in the elevator with people like that. Rupert Murdoch decided to get out of the magazine business. So our magazine was shuttered at the end of August. And so I, I filed for unemployment on September 10th on the morning of September 11th. I get a call from my dad and he, yeah, I was sleeping in cause I've been unemployed now for a couple weeks. And he goes, Hey, you have to put on TV. Something just hit the world trade center. And I used to live on 95th and second. So six miles, almost exactly from the world trade center. And both of my roommates worked in finance. One worked in midtown. The other worked in, one of the adjacent World Trade Center buildings at Merrill Lynch. And it was a Tuesday morning, as everybody remembers, clear as day, clear as can be. And 
I'm watching it in real time, watching on the Today Show, because I obviously had good cut to that. And as the second plane hits, as clear as it was, and my apartment was on the 27th floor, you could see the cloud of smoke when the second plane hit as it shot into the air. And obviously the chaos that then ensued. I had three friends in the area, three really good friends. They're acquaintances I knew. My roommate Ben walked all the way home, all six miles from work, was able to get away and get to safety. I had another friend, Jason, who I had grown up with in Dallas, that he worked, I want to say for Lehman Brothers, at a different building than the Merrill Lynch building. And then my buddy Aton, who's New York born and raised, his folks lived in Midtown. He lived in an apartment on Rector Street, just a few blocks south. And he and his dogs were able to run to the tip of the island, to the tip of Manhattan at Battery Park, and right there by the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel and the Staten Island Ferry, they were safe enough. And then he actually, I want to say, I can't remember, he either went up the east side up the FDR walking with his dogs or went over to Brooklyn and then came back to Midtown somehow. I can't remember exactly what it was. They, like weeks later, they let him go into his apartment or they allowed him to go back to his apartment. He never went in to get his stuff. He just left it. He didn't want to be any part of it. And shortly after that, he moved to L.A. And he's been in L.A. since 2002, probably we'll call it. And and so luckily, all, all the people I knew there were safe. I have so many friends. And I remember distinctly my friend Wendy, who grew up on the east side of Manhattan. And then we worked together at that magazine. She's a TV writer. In fact, I think she's written a couple episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she she's a, a damn good writer. I would say so. She had like six or eight people she knew. And they said that every person that grew up in New York knew at least three people associated with, uh, that worked in or, or near uh, the World Trade Center and, and were affected by it. So it was all the things that, that you've heard about and seen and, and more and worse and just, not just the day of, but being in New York for the weeks and months after, and really the weeks after, it was, it was wild, man. It was something I'll certainly never forget. And to be unemployed at that time, you know, the, the city basically stopped for the city. never sleeps to just stop and put everything on hold. Uh, it was, it was really just, it's hard to put into words what it was. I'll say this though. If you ever make your way to New York and Grant, I don't know if you've done this. I don't know if you've been to New York, but that nine 11 museum that's there incredible it's it's unbelievable and as as i mentioned so the only time i went when my sister got married eh, probably 2016 if i got married in 2014 december of 2016 we were staying at the hotel right one of the hotels right next to it so we got to go into it my wife who is from new york and grew up upstate but would spend the summers at her dad's in jersey and going to yankees games and right across the river and you know just like so many kids going to the city all the time she and i went to the museum with my stepson who's almost 15 next week or next month he and i made it through the museum my wife didn't she couldn't she got about 60 percent of the way in and just had to leave it's really really powerful and then you see the reflecting pools with the footprints it's it's everything that you think it 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 would be and and it really moves you so i can't imagine being in the city for that and just you know but the one silver lining of it all at least in my mind was I, and I was really young at the time. I was in fifth grade. But the few years after that, it seemed like everyone came together. Everyone was helping their neighbor. And everyone had that camaraderie that you hope for in our country. And I think that was kind of the silver lining that came out of all of it. But, man, seeing the videos this past weekend of 
when the planes hit and the after effects. It just gives me goosebumps still even thinking about it. It was such a crazy time and a horrible time there. But, man, all those first responders and seeing the people running towards the flames and towards the smoke and towards the buildings and risking their life to try and save someone else, it was just such such a powerful thing, and it helps put things back in perspective in your life. You're absolutely right. And Shelby Harrison and I talked about it last week a little bit on the Shell Shocked podcast about just being better citizens, being better neighbors. And you thought coming out of the pandemic we would have that, and obviously we know we're not completely out of the pandemic, because think about what the first few weeks of the pandemic were like, and we're really talking about taking care of others. And we've been so divided politically that I I certainly don't think the 20th anniversary of 9-11 will bring us back together, but hopefully as we're having more conversations, you'll realize that just because you, you and your neighbor or you and a friend or you and a coworker may not see the same, you know, see the world the same politically doesn't mean that you shouldn't look out for each other and take care of each other, right? Everyone has their, their reasons for why they want to vote a certain way or, or their view on a certain topic, whatever it may be. But ultimately there's still the person that's probably in your neighborhood or in your office or whatever. And, and if we're reminded of it, whether it takes the nine 11 remembrance or a global pandemic, that's really what it should be. Or football, bringing everybody together. And, and I think Kareem Jackson talked about that last week on the podium. You know, he was in, I want to say like seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade. And and he certainly remembers it, but but he mentioned that and Shelby mentioned it. That we just need to be better citizens and better better teammates with each other in society, right? That it, I get that you may not like who's in office or may not have liked who was in office uh, last, last term, right? Uh, before Joe Biden took over, and I guess Joe Biden's coming to town tomorrow, right? Uh, but you do probably want your neighbors to be healthy, and vice versa. You want them to look out for you and take care of you. It's and a, It's that simple rule that we all were taught as kids, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. And that's all you got to do. Right. And hopefully, this, this will uh, all the things that we've had to deal with this past year will help people realize that. Yeah. No, you're you're 100%. You're 100% right. So, it was cool and obviously moving and disappointing and sad and and everything as it relates to the 9/11 remembrances uh, but certainly necessary and we all hope we never see anything on, on that level in, in terms of a terrorist attack a terrorist attack again and certainly not here not here in, in the United States and really not anywhere so uh sorry to kind of take that right turn but it felt timely based on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 being on on Saturday and then yesterday with the Broncos playing in New York. So we can we can get back to some more Broncos talk, NFL talk, or anything you want to do. You can call us, 303-713-8585. You can text us on the KOA Centura Health Hotline. And still trying to sneak in one more guest. It may or may not happen, but still plenty to, to talk about. I appreciate you rocking with us here on a Monday. I'm Brandon Cristal, and this is KOA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play fake for Jones. 
in the pocket. Protection is good. Starts to break down. Jones now decides to run inside the 20, inside the 15. Fumbles the football, and I think Malik Reed has it. I think. Yep. Denver's first created turnover of the game at a huge time. Josie Jewell punching the ball out. Malik Reed, Johnny on the spot. Dave Logan, of course, with the call. Brandon Cristal with you for a few more minutes. Going to hand things off to Mandy Connell, of course. I'm just here today. The Cuz, Lou from Littleton, is here the rest of the week. Then next week, Ross Kaminsky takes over this time slot. Grant Smith with me as well. Did I mention that was Dave on that call? You'll be able to catch Dave, and I guess I might as well tell everybody what our new programming lineup looks like starting next week. Ross Kaminsky coming over from 630K How. He'll come on right after Colorado's Morning News. He'll cover the top stories of the day and talk about the things you care about. At 3, right after Mandy, it's a return of the KOA Sports Zoo. So, again, if you're following that, Mandy, noon to 3, not going anywhere. Dave Logan and Big Al bring you everything Broncos-related and plenty of laughs along the way for your drive home. Plus, you'll hear from Rick Lewis and JoJo Turnbow with their takes on the Broncos. At 6, an earlier start for Broncos Country Night, Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright. And you're looking for Michael Brown. Well, he's moving to mornings on our sister station, 630 KHOW. All that starts Monday on KOA, 850 AM, 94.1 FM, and the free iHeartRadio app. So our guy A-Rod's back in the fold after being a 911 dispatcher for a while. For how long? Six months? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Went very long training. Wow, Ryan Edwards nailed the prediction on the nose. Look at that. Yeah, that late touchdown really helped. It helped your prediction, it, but it really helped his. Oh, I said 24-16. I said 27-16 on Broncos warm-up. Well, that's the last one that everyone heard, so sure. that's the one that counts. But the one in print, Ryan nailed it, 27-13. By the way, you can still be part of our KOA Pro Pick'em Challenge. Presented by Circle K. Now, here's my question. On I, that. Well, I was going to tell you, I lo- I'm losing a big owl this week. I'm down by two tonight. So no yeah, matter what I signed happens. up for it this year. I didn't do it last year, and I missed the Thursday game. So I already started 0-1 before the weekend slate. But do you like your prowess? Because if so, you got to get in on the mix for the $20 season long. Everybody's in for that. No one paid Ryan last year except for me and Jeff. <laughs> but now everyone's starting to pay except oh, big Oh, is owl. that the inside... The studio, that's our bet, 20 bucks a piece. 20 bucks for everybody, winner take all. I need to talk to Ryan then. That's I need a, to get in on that. The, well, no, Ryan just won it. You can talk to me. I'm oh, coordinating okay. Ryan. Like even Ben, who he sits next to every day, didn't pay him. So <laughs> Ben owes him 20. And Ryan didn't want to be the guy hounding people. I get it. By the right. way, Philip, we'll get to you here in just a second. But we've got just more people around. Dragon, I think, is in. And, and A-Rod is, well, I think JoJo pays for A-Rod. He did last year, in theory, which he paid this year. So 20 bucks. You can stomach that one game because inevitably someone's going to forget to make all their picks. Right. So or, I saw you can pick all 16 or 17 weeks at once. You could do that right now. But just you can to, still do it week to week, right? Yeah. But you could you could do it right now just to ensure that. That I don't forget next you, week. Yeah. Even if you're just working a week ahead. Like you could right. pick this week's and next week's and then just go in and change them. Okay. Now, I will say this. It's a little tricky on how close to kickoff. Like you cannot. Some sites you can change it till the second the ball's kicked off. This site is not as user-friendly in that it's got to be like 10, 15 minutes before. So if you're going to make a late change, don't wait till kickoff or you're going to be locked so into whatever your pick is. before about 10.30 on Sunday mornings. Yeah, for the time. early games. And then yeah. same thing for the late games and same thing for the Sunday night and Monday okay. night game. So 
Yeah. Uh, let's sneak Philip in here real quick. 303-713-8585. Philip's on the road. Philip, what's going on? Hey, I wanted to share two thoughts. The first one is about the 20th, uh, 20-year anniversary of 9-11, and the second one was just something I noticed in the Broncos game that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, 20 years ago, I lived, I'm a Colorado native. I had season tickets, even though I was, I'm 49 now. I was a kid then. But, but believe it or not, I had them. And I was living in Boston, working in finance. And my best friend back here in Colorado wanted me to go to the – it was the opening game, believe it or not. People forget that on September 10th, 20 years ago, that was the first game at the new stadium after Mile High, the one where Eddie McCaffrey got his – it was a hassle. I was working. It was Monday night game. And, but I flew back. My best friend begged me. And I came back for that game. And I want to share something. Everyone's always talking about heroes and, you know, the people who, you know, the firemen who ran up the stairs, but, you know, before the – I wanted to share a story that's a disappointing story, but it's a, it's, it's a story laced in humanity. I worked in finance for three years, and every day I talked to 35 different people who worked in the towers from Tier 1 broker-dealers in the financial community, and I'd call up to their order rooms, and the pace of, of their job and, and what I did – is you never took the time to even get their names. I talked to these people thousands of times. I could describe the voices, and it was just a quick conversation. You know, I need a B-50 set up. Here's the cue set. Uh, have a good one. And then they, you know, say, have a good one. You'd hang up. And I remember when the towers fell, I had 35 colleagues that I had worked with, you know, pretty intimately that I was on the phone constantly all day long working with, and, and I didn't know their names, and I didn't know how to follow up and see if they were okay. I never took the time to to be human, and we just didn't have that time in that business to ask if they had kids or where they were at in their life. And I'll tell you what, everyone talks about how America kind of came together after that happened. I was very disappointed, not just in myself, but just in, in how we live our lives in the rat race, that, that I could have had a connection like that with like 35 people, you know, professional colleagues that I worked with all day long, and guys, I want you to hear this. I didn't. I didn't know their names. I didn't know if they had families. I couldn't reach out to them. I couldn't send flowers. It was just they were gone. And the reality is, I worked with these people every day, and I didn't know who they were. And and you know, I don't want judgment from that. I don't want pity. I just want to share that that maybe we can do all somehow do a better job of just connecting with each other, especially people we disagree with or. You know, maybe not our friends and family, but just take take a moment would be the first thing I would share. The the second thing is moving beyond that. In the Bronco game yesterday, I know everyone wants to be excited and talk about what went right. There were probably five plays in that game where things broke down and Teddy Bridgewater made a miraculous play, you know, trying to juke a guy, a quarterback giving a stiff arm to create separation to get a you know, a ball off to keep the drive alive. I'm just gonna share this. There's five plays in that game that tell me that I'm concerned the Broncos are frauds. You have to go for it multiple times on on fourth down. And if you're not, you know, Pat Shermer is still being completely ineffective on first and second down. And just everything went right in that game against a horrific team. Teddy Bridgewater put the ball to K.J. Hamler on the outside shoulder, made him spin around, run full speed. I get, I get that that's quick. But there were some bad ball placement. There were some bad plays. There were some bad fumbles. But the thing that I wanted to say is almost everything went our way. And the ball is not going to bounce that way. And when you play good NFL teams and you're going forward on fourth downs and you're putting wide-open touchdown throws on, on the wrong shoulder and you're not always going to make the most athletic play, I guess I'd just say this, guys. Um, we have Teddy Bridgewater. We don't have Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, we, we got lucky, but he only pulled out 
two touchdown passes, and that's after everything went right and after some of the most incredible scrambles and throws I've ever seen in my life. Um, shoving the cat off with a stiff arm to, to you know, make the play, that's not going to happen every day. Some of these guys are, uh, are higher-level, more elite players than, than you saw. I'm going to listen on the radio, guys. Uh, thanks for being on the air. Hey, thanks, Philip, and uh, appreciate the thoughts back to 9-11. As for the Broncos... There's an old saying, right? Good teams find ways to win games and bad teams find ways to lose games. And the Broncos have been a bad team the last couple of years and it felt like they were coming up with different ways to lose games late, right? Especially not coming up with a big play in obvious past situations where a team has to force the ball down field, whether it's Jacksonville or Chicago or Tennessee last year, right? Those are just three that come to mind and there's certainly others. But when you're a better team, the confidence can start to snowball, right? And you have more confidence and you build and you build and you build you can look at almost every NFL game and break it down to about five plays that could go either way right unless it's just a route like what we saw with Jameis and the Saints yesterday you you look at the the Chiefs and the Browns and I didn't watch that game as close I'm gonna go back on game pass and watch it but it usually comes down to just a couple plays here and there and the fact that the Broncos this season to this point is only one game against not the best team found ways to come up with those plays that have gone against them so many so many times here in recent years, especially in the Vic Fangio era. I think the only thing you can do is look positively on that and, and hope that that's a, a trend and a sign of things to come. Your concerns about first and second down are valid for now. We'll see, we'll see where they get to uh, on first and second down and having to go for it on fourth. But part of it is just changing a mindset, changing the culture a little bit. Even though it's been Vic Fangio's culture, now... In year three with Vaughn back and Cortland back and Chubb soon, but all that on defense and then Vic Fangio, or I'm sorry, then Teddy Bridgewater on offense. Yes, he's not the most dynamic quarterback, but if he gives you that most weeks, you'll be in the game, and then you'll you'll just need to make the play, right? And I'll tell you what, he was pretty dynamic a couple times on Sunday when he got away from those sacks and that highlight we played earlier where he broke two tackles getting away from sacks and found Hamler over the middle, fading away the other direction. Yeah. He impressed me on Sunday. The, the one thing we know is the Giants' D was going to be good, and, and I think they, they're they full of good players. It didn't go as well for them, especially when you factor in the Melvin Gordon 70-yard run. But a cre- uh, I think more credit needs to be given to the Broncos' offense for beating a, a defense that was in the top 10 of a bunch of categories. I talked about that yesterday morning on Broncos' warm-up. A bunch of categories. They're ninth, 10th, 8th. They were right there. Let's hear Vic Fangio in the locker room handing out game balls. This is always good, and this will be a good way to – to end our time here today on the show. So this was this was Vic yesterday. It's not going to be the very, very end, but here's Vic awarding game balls post-game. Let's go! Everybody enjoy this win, and then after tomorrow, when you leave the building, we can get this thing to 2-0. You're going to see a stadium on fire when we get back. I got a game ball here. Teddy Bridgewater. Hey man, this one, this, this, this bigger than me, man. This for the team. You know what I mean? Hey, we, we came out today. We did exactly what we said we wanted to do, man. We didn't let this environment get to us. We controlled everything. And if we just keep that mindset, man, that we control our own destiny, we work extremely hard, man. It's going to all pay y'all. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I appreciate sir. y'all, boys. Yeah. Yeah.
Bond. Speech. First game back after a year off. They moved in the what? Top 25. Oh. Hey. I love my teammates. Y'all know that, man. Um, it feels better at work. You know, being out of being out of football for a whole year drives you, man. And really, the whole purpose was to get back here with y'all, man. Sacks are good, but wins are better, man. Yeah. Hey. hey, and now he gets a real ball. Where's George Payton? All right, you all worked your ass off in training camp. Had a really good preseason. Winning's contagious. Let's keep rolling, all right? Hey, I need uh, Mike Shula and Pat Shermer up here. We had a tradition. They get the bucket shower. When coaches get recognized, it's because of the effort of the players. I, I love you guys. Just like Pat said, we're with a great group of guys. You guys have earned the right. To come together as a football team, keep doing it, man. Love y'all boys, man. Here you go. Hey, Ben, L3, one, two, three. There you go. Sounds from the locker room. You can see the scenes from the locker room as well. All that courtesy of DenverBroncos.com. According to what I'm looking at, Vaughn's actually now in sole possession of 24th place all time, ahead of Pat Swilling at 25, right behind Greg Townsend. Vaughn now 108 sacks. By the end of the year, it's not unrealistic, especially if he gets two sacks a game, he'll jump way up. But most people don't remember Simeon Rice as a Bronco. They mostly remember him with the Bucks. Simeon Rice did end his career here in Denver for like half the season. These are the guys ahead of Vaughn. Greg Townsend, 109.5. Sean Jones, 113. Clyde Simmons, 121.5. Simeon Rice, 122. Robert Mathis, 123. So if he gets 15 sacks... From where he is right now at 108, I mean 17 on the year, that would be close to his best year. I think 18 and a half is his best year. But a 17th game, Chubb coming back, off to a great start. Not unrealistic. I don't think Chandler Jones is going to average five sacks a game, but Chandler Jones is hot on his tail. He, in 11 less games, he has 102 sacks to, yeah. to Vaughn's eight. Man, what 108. He had. But if Vaughn, if Vaughn gets that 17 sacks this year, you can guarantee it's going to be a good year for the Broncos fans. Absolutely. And will he and Chubb together challenge Keith Millard and Chris Dolman, the 21 for, for the Hall of Famer Dolman, 18, 18 and a half for Keith Millard back in 1989 for the Vikes? We'll see. But my time here is done. I'm going to race over to the Broncos. Vic Fangio's talking at 12-15 and then some players after that. So I appreciate you rolling with me on a victory Monday. It was a fun day. Thanks to Adam Amin. Thanks to Nick Griffin from Fox 31. Thanks to Grant Smith. Thank you for listening. Cuz is in here tomorrow and the rest of the week, 9 to noon. And then big changes next week. We'll be talking about it all week long. So, again, thanks, Grant. I'm Brandon Cristal, and you're listening to KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.